we have a special offer for all our listeners. Subscribe to our AG magazine for 12 months for just $62.99 and save 30% on the newsstand price. That's six issues of our award-winning magazine delivered to your home for just $62.99. You'll find our special subscription offer at australiangeographic.com.au forward slash Talking Australia. That's australiangeographic.com.au forward slash Talking Australia. G'day, it's Justin Walker and you're listening to Talking Australia, a podcast by Australian Geographic. My guest today is Glenn Jacobs. Glenn is the founder of World Trail, an Aussie company that builds mountain bike trails around the world. And he's also the only Australian to be inducted into the Mountain Biking Hall of Fame. On this episode, Glenn talks about how things got started, the growth of mountain bike tourism and his latest projects. When we caught up with Glenn, he was fittingly out and about, so bear with us because despite the challenging audio, you don't want to miss this chat. G'day Glenn, thanks for joining us. Great to be here. You're a born and bred hands boy who's now regarded worldwide as the authority on building mountain bike trails that are both great riding experiences, but also sustainable in the environment in which they're built. But how did this career actually start? Oh, look, it, it, it's a funny one. It, it, it you know, went back into my sort of uh, my youth, probably a 10-year-old kid. Uh, I think everybody growing up, if you've got a bit of bush around, if you've got a bike, you'd go ride some trails, you'd find some trails. Yep. But uh, where I'm from in North Queensland, uh, you know, um, if you put a trail in and uh, it's not built well, it, it goes away, you know, because you get about <laughs> seven metres of seven metres of rain a year. So, you know, uh, that was a really early age. And so um, it was just something you did as a kid. But yep. um, look, as as I grew up, uh, you know, did a lot of other different sports and everything, and then mountain biking came along. And uh, oh, look, I, I fell in love with them straight away. I, I thought it was great. You know, the whole handlebar wheel thing, you know, and uh, having some history my parents and grandparents being in the bush a lot, you know, yep. growing up. Yep. Um, I knew a lot of old logging tracks, old uh, snigging tracks, as you'd call it. So I'd go hunt them out and uh, think I could probably ride that, and that's where it started, you know. Um, the, ba- the base of the base side of mountain biking, that's where it started, yeah. Yourself and your mates in Cairns become sort of relatively infamous in the 90s when you were doing some pretty crazy stuff in some of the first free riding mountain biking videos. And one of them was called, Ice cream heads from outer space. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, in, in 1990, they, uh, uh, yeah, the government, um, you know, uh, it was, you know, uh, everybody had to wear helmets from the 90. It became law. Yep. And they all, I don't know if you remember those old helmets or, yes. or if, you've, if you've ever seen them, they look like ice cream buckets, you know. <laughs> they look like a, <laughs> an empty. And, and we saw an old guy riding around town once with an ice cream bucket on his head with a bit of, Cape, you know, so he wouldn't get booked for riding a bike without a helmet, you know. And <laughs> uh, so that's so uh, that's where that came from. And made those all sorts of crazy stuff like heli biking from up in the mountains and riding waterfalls and bungee jumping with bikes. And it's a wonder you guys survived. Yeah, well, everybody all did, lucky enough. And uh, I think the great thing is uh, there was a, you know, there was a meshing there. There was a there was a, a cross pollination of of really micro, small micro cameras coming out on the scene just when mountain biking came out yep. you know and, and so we you know I, I remember doing I was a sign writer by trade I remember doing this one sign uh 
car for somebody and uh, and when I got the money, the, the guy paid me cash and I go, I am going to buy a camera. That's not going in the bank. So I bought a camera and uh, just went out and documented everything we did. Yep. And, uh, you know, and, and not on a tripod, you know, strapping it to our, you know, chest or helmet or, you know, uh, it was a bit sort of rough and ready. Yep. But it, it really showed the core side of it, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, more about, the feeling of what goes on with mountain biking and the lifestyle, uh, yeah. sort of, you know, from those surfing and snowboard videos way back in the day. Yep. Um, so that's where it happened. But then I also had this bloody uh, one-liner I used, you know, with somebody who's like looking at a cliff or looking at a jump or riding a waterfall and they're, they're humming and harring. Well, look, if you ride it, I'll film it. Yeah, and they're, oh, <laughs> shit. Yeah. And that was, that was like a dead giveaway. It's like, yeah, yeah, oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> and that way... You know, uh, you know that's where a lot of that um, blood and gore came from. So when you were doing all that, you also obviously you built a heap of tracks by that time, and you were noticed by a lot of people, including the the, the world governing body of cycling, the UCI, who brought you on after you'd helped secure the first mountain bike World Cup event in the Southern Hemisphere in Cairns, and they got you to create the trails for that event. That's true, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. You know, and uh, well, actually, it happened a couple of years before a couple of the head figures in Australia came to ride a. Queensland Championship we had in 1992 and yep. they rode the trails and they came as soon as I you know the race was finished one of the guys came over to me a bloke called Martin Whiteley came over and said I've never seen anything like it you know because most trails in those days were were um logging tracks or you yep. know old bush you know dirt roads yeah where we would actually go out and, and cut them because that's what we thought that's what you did you know yep. and yeah, yeah. uh that's that's and certainly we had to get rid of the drainage so there was a certain type of flow um installed in the trails and uh he said there and then he said we've been trying to get a world cup uh to australia but you know because of the whole summer winter season opposite there wasn't anywhere down south he said we could actually have it here in the rainforest so I said, well, that's great. Let's do it. And that, again, 94 it came, 95. But then we had the World Championships in 96. And uh, I was really lucky and, and pretty well honoured um, for them to even ask me, uh, the, you know, the riders and the, the managers and the yep. mechanics and, uh, you know, the different countries said to the UCI, you, sh- you should get this guy and uh, bring him on board. And that's when I moved to Switzerland. Yeah, wow. So that was you were the first official track designer for the UCI. And that's been pretty busy, but also pretty exciting days back then. Oh, yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, I remember, uh, yeah, you know, uh, uh, a lot of the stuff I was doing was uh, the early full cross days, you know. It was like we went from dual slalom to dual and then argy-bargy elbow type stuff. So I actually had to build trails, design them and build them in about five days. Wow. And then live, then live cameras would come in and <clears throat> while, the, while the downhills were happening and, and cross country and everything like that. So we had a, we had a schedule and, uh, geez, I learned quick. <laughs> you know, to, to deliver. But you know, there was other things too. You know, uh, you know, with the UCI, I, I'd have a look at a lot of the. Um, I remember this one, uh, Sierra Nevada in Spain. They were going to have a world championship there, but it just didn't work for the finish area. That, um, and they asked me to go and have a look at that, and uh, that's sort of where I got into the another side of it is evaluating what they had and where they could yeah. actually have the piazza, the finish area. You know, yep. and uh, we nailed it when we got there, and. Uh, and then uh, my roles changed a little bit from there too. Yeah, of course, and, that's, and all that background and that experience it led to you coming back to Australia and creating World Trail, which is your, your company that creates all these trails. So you've brought all that back. And, and so when you're looking at a, to build a trail network in a particular area, your focus is not only on, say, the experienced riders uh, or the landscape. It's a combination of 
making sure that the trails are accessible for everyone, isn't it? As well as you know, you, making sure the environment's not degraded during the process, and so they, those trails can stay there for you know years and years on end. Oh, definitely, definitely, mate. Yeah, look, uh, um, for one thing, the trails there has to be something for everybody, and there is yep. a sort of there is a there is a scale. You know, uh, usually about fifteen percent family, um, yeah, and beginners. Yep. Uh, and it d- depends where we are, you know, but 15% uh, families, beginners, 15% hardcore race type, and then 70% blue, which is you, if you look at, you know, green, blue, black diamond, you know, in skiing terms, blue is yep. the intermediate. And that's your mass. And, and the biggest number uh, of, uh, you know, the age group in there is between 28 and 55 or 65, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and it peaks around that 40 year old uh, age group, uh, men and women. And yep. so we build trials you know, for that group, but then, you know, you have to, you have to pick your fights. If, if the, if the uh, soil isn't good, you don't go building trails on it. You yeah. know, it, it's, it's, you know, it has to be perfect for mountain biking. And that's why when we evaluate, we've got six boxes you've got to tick. And okay. uh, that's one of them. We, we evaluate, uh, of course, the, uh, the terrain and the soil. Yep. Okay. And then, you're looking to, yeah. Yeah, and then you've got things yeah. like the region's natural habitat. You want to sort of get riders to sort of experience part of that, what makes that area unique too, don't you? So you sort of try and weave the trails through the interesting landscapes without sort of getting too far or too close, saying it might damage it. Yeah, and look, um, it's a wonderful thing. We only realised this about six months ago that we've actually never cut a tree down. You know, when you oh, build right. trails, you know, uh, yeah. You, yeah, of course, saplings and things like that, but trees, as in trees, you don't cut them down because mountain bike trails weave, you know. So, yeah. uh, you know, and, and you look at a corridor of about three metres wide as a corridor, you don't cut that. You come da- back to about, you know, anywhere between, you know, uh, 800 and 1,200 wide. And yeah. we're not, you're only manipulating the earth from a slight angle to flat, you know, <laughs> so yeah. to make it sustainable. <laughs> yeah, but, sure. Uh, but definitely, we look at the ecotones, we, we look at the values, we look at escarpments, we look at, um, because everything's about Instagram now, not, not everything's about Instagram, yeah. I mean, Instagram is such a great way to get people out doing things, yes. you know, yeah, or sure. any, of those, any of those positive social media types. And, uh, you know, so we look at, uh, you know, the banging shots, we look at the, you know, where can we put lookouts, is there a waterfall here, is there a swimming hole here, and what type of you know, what type of animals are in this area um, that, uh, you know, uh, riders can can yep. see, you know, and uh, yeah, it's cool. all about the experience. And then it goes on, you know, that, that sort of goes into the branding, you know, uh, uh, in Derby is, you know, Tasmanian Tiger yep. uh, on the logo and, uh, you know, you have cassowaries. I'm actually in Cardwell in North Queensland right now today. Oh, yes, that's and, what I saw. Um, that's a new development, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and it's called a cassowary coast, and most mm-hmm. likely somewhere down the line when it gets up and going, the branding is, is would probably be a cassowary, you know. Yeah. But um, certainly sustainable. Uh, we're very, you know, that's that's number one. Uh, you know, uh, the trails have to be there forever. Yeah, for know? sure. Uh, w- once you put them in, you know, um, and and they're part of the the six boxes you've got to tick. The first one is like it's got to be in a fairly. You, do you, you want me to tell you the six? Yeah, definitely. Man. That'd be yeah, great yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, just so people know that the whole background, because yeah, as you know, mountain bike tourism is booming and you think of the Derby, the Tasmanian, yeah, the former tin mining town of Derby is the perfect example that you guys helped create with that that's been reborn as a mountain biking town that's been done so well. So all those different facets you look for would be great to hear about. Yeah, and, and look, we've always had them, but Derby was the first one to actually um, embrace every one of those boxes that had to get okay. to 
Yeah, cool. uh, we've, we've done it in other places, but they've only done four or five, you know. So yeah. even, I mean, even though we say you've got to do this and that for it to be successful. So what it is is uh, connectivity is the first box. Like how close is it to a major airport? And that yeah. being an international airport, um, linking to a uh, – uh, and, you know, you've got any of the – Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne, yeah. Perth, Adelaide – you could fly in from anywhere, but then you've got a small flight and you're in Launceston and it's only an hour and a half from where you land. Now, that that came from the UCI, the racing, you know, all okay. around the world. Yep. I'd say, you know, uh, like the Olympics and stuff like that, um, you know, if you travel halfway around the globe to compete in something, and this is from a competitive race uh, perspective, yep. if you travel halfway around the globe, you don't want to be driving for four or five hours to go somewhere. Um, no. So, so the sweet spot's about an hour and a half and Derby was that, yeah. And a lot gotcha. of the other places. Yeah. And then the longer it is, the better better the product better be. <laughs> you know? so, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you have to be, a, if you have to drive a bit further, creativity. But um, uh, also connectivity, you know, uh, where you wake up, where you roll out of bed, where you have a coffee, where you have something to eat, where you swim, everything is right where your, your accommodation is, where yep, the trails gotcha. are. You get up in the morning and, and look, it's not rocket science. The, the ski industry went through it 80 years ago. Yep. Okay. Uh, when they started looking at sites, you go, "Oh yeah, we'll have all these runs coming down in this village." Well, that's the same thing, or radiating out from. That's the first box. Second box is uh, natural beauty. You know, ecotones. Uh, you know, uh, is it unique? Uh, will people travel all around the world to see this this beauty? Um, and uh, you know, so we go looking for them escarpments, lookouts, waterfalls. You know, uh, you, know uh, you know, the beautiful trees and the different types of scrub. And it changes in that too. Yeah. Uh, the third sure. one is quality. Third one is quality trials, and that's 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 what we just touched on before. Yep. Um, you know, they have to be quality. They have to be, you know, um, they have to be sustainable. They have to be for everybody. Yeah. Um, the problem with the problem with a lot of mountain biking, um, you know, in the last 10, 10 years, I would say when the industry sort of started, you'd have people with who are mountain bikers that have sometimes a I wouldn't say a big ego, but they want to build just the trails that they like, you know. And you, you and you've always seen that, you know. And, and and you can't do that, you know. You've got to do it for everybody. You know? and, yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah. So and, and so the trails are, you know, it's critical for everybody. Have to be safe. They have to do this and that, you know. Um, you know, no forced risk. You're not forcing anybody into um, going riding over a log or something they're not skilled at on the trail they're in. Um, the fourth one uh, is uh, growth, you know, like, what, you know, uh, can, the, can the township grow, you know? Um, again, like Derby and places like Finchatton we're looking at at the moment uh, in, in uh, Queensland, towns that are down on their luck, you know, but you go, well, you only have to turn the key back on this little town and it's going to fire up again, you know? And, yeah, uh, definitely, uh, definitely. You know, something was there 100 years ago uh, and the buildings are still there and the people are still there and everything. Let's see what we can do here. And, and opportunities for other people. A lot of people say to us, you know, uh, you must get on the ground, you know, because we come there in, in, in the, uh, into the design side very, very early. And people say, oh, you, you've got a, a lead sort of, uh, you know, uh, look at everything. You'd probably snap up all the land and the houses early. would like to, but we won't do that because that's, that's for other people. Because if somebody is going to believe the dream and somebody's going to invest, you know, it's best we don't. It's best yeah. somebody else does, you know. And uh, they they believe in the dream, and then they carry the dream on. You know, the next one is, uh, uh, of course, you know, expandability. If it's really really successful, you have about 100 kilometres of trail or 80. Um, 
if it's really successful, you, you want to expand a little bit too and, uh, and join the community in all different people, uh, you know, greening programs and, uh, you know, all these things that can attach to the, the success of the trail. And the last one, the sixth one, um, is racing, you know, the, you know, uh, if you design something uh, and it's successful, it may or may not. It doesn't have to have any competitive events on it, but we'd always design when we look at a village or look at an area, can you fit two outside broadcast trucks, trucks there? Can you, can you fit 10,000 people in the main street? Is there a bypass going around that town so you can close the main street down one night and it's like a festival, you know? And we, we take, all that, take all that into, into play, you know? Um, and uh, and they're the six boxes you got to tick, and they certainly they vary slightly, uh, the, you know, in in um, rating, but they're basically that's it. Yeah, wow. Well, so with so with Derby as an example, again, how long did it take you from the start when it was first brought up as an idea through to the finish to get the the first official opening day? Was it a, a few years or in a couple of years? You know, um, from the time they uh, they suggested a couple other places in northeast Tasmania, and you know, there's. Uh, you know, once we saw Derby, we thought, no, this is where it's got to be, you know. And <laughs> from that time, from that time and us walking the trails and looking at it and everything, that probably took 18 months. And then once we started construction, what we do is if, you know, that was always going to have 85 kilometres of trail. And what you do is incrementally open. You get to the first, say, 25 and then do the next 20. And, and then that – but you don't expect massive flow of people coming into the town until – like, you're not going to get in, you know, with, with uh, you know, 10 of your friends or your family, get in a plane and travel – Pardon me, halfway around the world or one end of the country to the other for 10 or 20 kilometres of trail. No, no, you know? no. Yeah, because that's only, oh, well, that's half a day or something like that. You'll travel when it's all in. So those first those first couple of openings are sort of like, <clears throat> pardon me, they're light on, you know, they're, they're, they're more regional users, you know. They come and ride. But once you get past that, you know, 50 and then 60 uh, opening incrementally and uh, – uh, yeah, that's when they all come in. And then what happens, a great thing that happens is uh, a Derby had no accommodation. There was only one bed and breakfast there. And within another year, there was three, and then there was eight. And now they're, you know. Yeah, excellent. How many they've got there? Yeah. yeah so, so, that, so only a couple of years. You can say three years. Yeah, yeah okay. And like you said, the, the, the roll-on effect is obviously economy has improved, there's visitors in the place and, yeah, money goes back into the town and those regions. So it's a it's a win win, really, isn't it? Yeah, it is, and it's it's a, look. Um, you know, I always use the same comment, and it's real. You know, gone are the days where people will go on holidays and sit around a pool uh, with with a you know a bottle of champagne and go, "Wow, this is living." You know? Yeah, it's not. It's not. You know, yeah, it's if you work really hard, maybe that's a great rest. But people want to do stuff now. And I, in the eighties, whitewater rafting and bungee jumping and you know, adventure things, anything to yep. do with adventure, you know, I mean, or even a you know, hundred years ago, they were taking people down the Colorado river in rafts, yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. so, you know, doing things uh, and mountain biking is, is bang. It's hit it. It's hit it hard. People, it's really good. You know, people uh, can adapt to them. And you, now there's venues like, I mean, destinations, you, you go, this is my holiday. This is where I want to go, you know, um, for a week. I'd say. You've been doing this for quite a while now. And you also expressed the, interest recently or probably longer in creating longer trails so like you know overnighters and um, long distance between towns and things like that what was the thought behind that just because it's more adventure for people and just more fun or for yourself as well or oh yeah i, I think a lot a lot, lot of people are, are wanting to do that too you know um you go to a trail uh, destination it's in it's a package of one one area most of these ones we usually have a wilderness trail that, that tails off it you know um and uh you know it 
but it's all sort of included in, in one day. But Longer trails with with uh, with overnighters, you know, like the rail trail business has been doing that for quite some time, and hikes and but mountain biking again too. So if you could stitch together a really enjoyable trail, um, yeah, undulating, bit of bit of dirt road, bit of single track, you know, this and that, um, and, and then you can, you know, day day or night first, you know, day one, you're stopping at a nice little quaint town. Day two, you're stopping at somewhere nice, or you're camping it, and and so forth. Now. That that was sort of that was sort of only really available to a select few in mountain biking, and they're the really really fit people and uh, core people that you know don't mind trying different terrains and I mean tackling different terrains and this and that. But they're usually damn fit. Now with with e bikes, you know, uh, even the really small little SLs, the little light ones and things like that, uh, people can do this. You know, oh totally, and, yeah, it's oh, much more accessible, isn't it? It is, you know, and, uh, and uh, look, that's a great, that's a different style of uh, uh, product, but a lot more people, you know, gravel grinding is growing too, you know. So, um, so, um, and I think, you know, it's good to reach out to, you know, all different groups and people around the area, you know, Australia and go, well, what have you got in your backyard, you know? Have you got a really cool, cool ride that is not just, uh, you know, that, that linking old logging trails here and there and, of course, with with uh, inherited trials, you've got to do some sustainable designs because they, they weren't, you know, uh, they're not uh, designed as mountain bike trials. They're designed logging trials, so uh, you know you have to do a little bit of work, of course. But if you have all these trials linking, you know, one town to another, uh, it's great. You know, um, um, like hiking. You know, you go from one area to another. Mm. Yeah, definitely. So you've worked around the world for for decades now, but you've always come back home. To Cairns, you must love the town, of course, and and the and the trails there. I do, you know. Uh, um, yeah, we go back about I think it's about seven generations uh, yeah, wow. in, in the Queensland. So uh, even my my company, le- I mean my company, my family left uh, oh over a hundred years ago to start North. Uh, sorry, not North Arts to start um, New Australia. Ah. They left North Queensland and they started New Australia with a bunch of uh, crazy fools. They went over to Paraguay. And uh, it's still there. You know, people still speak Australian and everything, but they got over there and my great-granddad said, they're all mad. <laughs> they're all, <laughs> all bloody mad. We're, and, you know, once people start talking about utopia and paradise and stuff like that, you go, hang on, we've got a cult on our hand. So, uh, <laughs> on our hand. So anyway, uh, he's, he, I remember him, you know, the family always talk about him saying, you know, uh, we already live in paradise and that's North Queensland, you know. And look, it, it is different. It's, it, it is different. It's different to most of us, well, most of Australia. Um, it is a remote area and uh it is a lot of lot of rain uh, a lot of rainforest but and it's a lot of a lot of heat but look i think i'm lucky because i'm not there 12 months a year you know uh you, you, you know especially a lot of time in tasmania and victoria and, and overseas so i get to come home and uh you see all your friends and go riding and doing a lot of things and uh, the beaches uh, everything's fairly close you know and unique animals unique animals and the, the coral caves and it's just yeah, nice. Oh, for sure. So you still get out with that a bunch of guys from the nineties that you used to ride with, and get a, get a few rides in every now and then. We do. We we do it. We make sure we do it, especially on birthdays. You know, uh, people from the nineties. You know, they were they were the pioneers. You know, everybody that rode was sort of nobody. You know what I said before about parents being coaches. Well, nobody were coaches back then. Nobody could say, "Oh, you do this, you do that." Everybody was learning. So so. 
you know, you've got all these things, uh, you know, that 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 are sort of uh, inside you, and uh, you know, a lot of bloody scars too. You know, a lot of people, uh, you know, componentry breaking and trying yeah. different jumps and things and getting scars, and you know, so uh, people from the nineties have got, uh, you know, they've got some uh, some history. history. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and yeah, yeah, so, I certainly do. I ride. Look, there's some that I ride regularly with all the time. Yeah, awesome, awesome. And and now, speaking of cowboy, you're down there today. It's you're starting a another network there, or just doing some mapping for it, or something like that. Yeah, well, we, um, I just uh, happened to be just driving past, and I uh, I stopped here and um, today. But yeah, we we did a um, uh, a concept plan, which has been delivered to the public, and it's out. Um, People can have a look at what we're, what we're uh, planning here. A yep. bunch of trails that radiate out, a wilderness trails and gravity trails, you know, and some rainforest and dry stuff and swimming holes and waterfalls, the whole wow. package. And, yeah. and, you know, the trailhead, I'm sitting where the trailhead is and I can see the beach. Yeah, you know, wow. and, uh, and the coconut trees. And, and, and then probably the craziest thing is Inchibrook Island. You know, you, you, can, you can see it from here. And that's probably one thing that I probably didn't touch on in one of those uh, the, the six boxes you've got to tick you know, when i mentioned mentioned businesses it's really important that there's other things to do yeah. you know because you know if you're going to go riding somewhere for six days you haven't got the legs for the bloody ride six days you know no. somewhere in there you're in your enthusiasm after the first three or four <laughs> days you go right, yeah. let's let's just take a half a day off and go and do something you know and usually if there's things to do you know not not you know extremely physical but you know you could go Hiking, or you go tubing, or you go, you know, uh, to wineries, or you know, depending who you're with, with families, or what you know, there's, there's, yeah, you can sure. do something else. Just rest your legs, and um, but here, Cardwell's got some beautiful stuff around here, and uh, Hinchinbrook Island is something that um, it's like Jurassic Park. I don't know yeah. if you've ever seen it. I'd urge you to Google it, and uh, there's nothing, nothing like it in Australia. It's uh, yeah, very yeah, prehistoric. Yeah. Oh man, it sounds great. It sounds like another sort of hopefully successful story for you guys with the trail development. And you must be, you ever thought about slowing down at all? You're just happy to keep on going and keep on thinking up new ideas for trail networks and for riding? Oh, we're always, yeah, we, we've got a great team. You know, we've, we've got about 35, 40 people within yeah, our wow. team. And, and uh, you know, really good creative people. So they they, they keep me on my toes, that's, that's yeah. for sure. And it's still over, yeah. overseas as well? Or is, you're still doing trails overseas as well as Oz? Yep. Yeah, yeah, we've um, Europe's a really big one, um, and also, uh, yeah, just, uh, yeah, a month and a half we got back from Norway, and we're building uh, the largest mountain bike destination in in Europe. Yeah, wow! Uh, and uh, and that's a little place called Would you believe it? Flo. Uh, <laughs> it's 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 spelled F L A, but the, the A is is like er, you know, or O. Yep. And uh, so it, it's pronounced Flo. And uh, when they told me that, I'll go. Well, I've got to come and see this place, you know. So. We went and had a look a couple of years ago, and they said, "You know, could it happen here?" And we went, "Well, you've got in excess of, you know, you've got, you've got everything here. And it's only an hour and a half from the airport, and you know, everything just works perfectly." And it was clean skin, so that's going to be an amazing one. Yeah, so we, we do a lot of traveling and we do a lot of designing. But look, like anything, eh? You know, if you're into something, if you really love what you're doing, you'll never work another day in your life. You know, so yeah, um, you know, uh, you know, if you, you could be a you know, uh, uh, you know, you could play with timber, or, you know, carpenter, or you know, um, anything. You know, you, if you create, if you create things, you create things. It's uh, really good for your mind, and um, 
Yeah, really good for your soul, and and, and you never have to retire. Like I, oh geez, um, yeah, uh, don't mind. You know, the, the, I don't mind the the guys at work. They and uh, you know they they often ask me, when are you going to retire? It's like, well, I don't really have to, you know, because it's That's right. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? You probably do exactly the same thing, you know. That's fantastic, man. Well, thanks very much for your time, Glenn. I'll let you get back to. Picking up some more trail ideas and whatever up there in Carwell, and we shall hopefully chat to you again soon. Yeah, thank you so much, eh? and thanks for the time and uh, any time, mate. Cheers, man. Thanks, mate. Take care. Bye-bye. That's it for today's episode of Talking Australia. If you have questions or comments, feel free to reach out. Write us an email, podcast at australiangeographic.com, or find us on Instagram at australiangeographic. And make sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Thanks for listening. Until next time.